to Brad and Brit. Oh, another rip-roaring Brad and Brit cast. Thank you, and thank you, and thank you, Brit. Let's uh. Well, let's talk about what we were talking about uh, a few moments ago before we uh, before we got started here. Uh, I said to you, I cannot, mm-hmm. I can't get my hands around caring about anything, anything mm-hmm. related to what's on the sports pages when they write articles as if you know this up and coming player is going to be great. There, there is no sports. There are no sports. They're, they're not happening. They're, they're, and they're not going to come back. And they're not going to be the same. And there aren't going to be any fans. And this, this is pretending. This is, this is la 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 la. Everybody's waiting. Oh, the ratings are going to be through the roof. People are not going to be able to get enough of this. Blah blah. No, I think this is like what happened uh, when there was a baseball strike many years ago. Remember mm-hmm. when, when the, they 1994. came back? Nobody cared, right? Yeah. Baseball canceled, was dead. They canceled the World Series in 1994, and it took yeah. several years for them to come back. And the road to popularity, at least on the road back, was letting people put pretty much whatever they wanted to in their body to look as big as shit. Yeah, that that was the road back for the major league well, owners. Wait, and wait. then we <laughs> wait. So if steroids was the answer, then yeah. what, what are they going to do now? Well, we what, go, what artificial pumping up is going to occur this time? Well, remember, like the you know, it's been 25 years ago. Now we have we're well yeah. beyond that. We can do human growth hormones. We can do the you know the the blood from baby eels. I mean, there's all kind of shit that we can do now. But that was yeah. that was the road back for the major league baseball owners. Was that great vaunted summer of Sammy right. Sosa versus Mark McGuire? Right. And I oh, understand. let's just forget all of that. I get shit. that, but but the, the the broader point here, um, that uh, not just generational, maybe. Uh, century size damage has been done to everything in this economy except for uh, Amazon, Apple, <laughs> Netflix, yeah. Netflix, and Facebook. Okay. Yeah. But everybody else, everybody it's else rude. is suffering, right? And um, uh, I just don't think that it's going to take uh, any less than, than, than three to five years for sports to get back to to where it was because people find other things to do even if it's nothing even i i, I just and maybe that's just me it, it, and it probably is and and i should probably go see a psychiatrist hang on she's upstairs right now talking to patients i kind of feel and this may be controversial, particularly for the National Football League which thinks they're just going to waltz right back into the hearts oh, of oh, Americans oh, all yeah, over the NFW, place no way I feel like even among those old white guys that control and own those teams, somebody's going to get the idea that, you know, I think the way that we can really kind of spark interest in our league, the way that among people who don't necessarily follow it is we need to sign this, this Kaepernick fellow. Does anybody, I keep hearing that name pop up. I don't, no. maybe we could put a uniform on him and that will let us again dance into the hearts of the American public again. And I, I don't know who, I, obviously Jerry Jones would never sign him. There's a few guys that would never sign him. They're just going to select somebody and go, all right, you're going to take one for the league, not for the team. Put it, put that number seven jersey on him and sit him on the bench. But we need you to do it, Bob, Steve, Tom, Jim, Shad, whatever your fucking name is. Sign that guy, pay him a couple million bucks, put him on the bench, and that's going to get us back in done. I, I, I kind of feel like there's that kind of cynical calculation that's going on somewhere. That's about as likely as Donald Trump 
giving a greater speech than the Gettysburg Address this week when he talks about race. The, that bus <laughs> left the station several years ago. Colin Kaepernick is never going to play again. He is a more important figure in America not playing. He, take. he can be a spokesman for this entire movement in a way that probably no one else can, and he would only diminish himself by becoming a, a, a second-string bench-warmer quarterback for the Carolina Panthers or the Dallas Cowboys or for anyone. And even worse, when he gets into games and he he uh, he throws an interception or he doesn't play, he's 33 and he's rusty. I, I don't care how much practicing he's been done. He's done. He's through. And I think he's too smart to take that bait. You think mm-hmm. he wants to be their, their token boy? At this point, boy, and well, that's, you, you understand that's what I'm saying way, here. No, I don't think no, for one, one second he would ever do it, ever, ever, ever. That's one particular perspective on it, but what about the perspective is that he could use them in a way to you know, get his platform. And for a lot of people who have been haters over the past several years, you know, well, the guy just couldn't cut it. He wasn't a very good athlete in the National Football League. I did, I did see one particular take. They were showing the stuff that he was doing three years ago, and – some the host says, well, you know, that's that's kind of what things look like now in 2020. That's kind of what football looks like. He was kind of doing stuff Lamar Jackson-esque even two or three years ago. So maybe it's not the worst idea. Don't you believe that maybe there is some value to him being on the field and being an active player in a roster in the National Football League? Um, from, from far away, it seems like it. But uh, this is a guy who has shown – he doesn't want to be pushed around, and he doesn't want to be used. And, and I can't think of anything more cynical by the league mm-hmm. right now, which, by the way, since Roger Goodell put out an 85-second statement the other day and somehow could not utter the words, Colin Kaepernick. That's correct. That You're right. Th- You're then right. Th- they are full of it. They're just trying to get by. They're trying to do what they need to do to protect their business, but uh, since we live in an occupied country, and I, I do believe this, we, we are being occupied right now by a foreign entity. It's called Trumpism, and you see it on display day after day after day, the, the montage, the parade of senators who are afraid to speak out against the president, no matter how egregious and how insane a thing that he, he does. And if you don't think that the NFL ownership and that the NFL top brass, the people on Park Avenue, Roger Goodell, that they're not afraid of Trump right now, who would turn on them in, you, you can't even go as fast as Trump would turn if they signed Colin Kaepernick right now. Do you think that Trump would, would applaud them? Well, it's about time. I'm happy to see that. And then mm-hmm. when everybody would bring up the fact, you're the guy that said he should be fired. He should be thrown out. Anybody yeah. who takes a knee, he would deny that he ever did that. And we'd be into that cycle again, right? He, we would, go again. he would say, nobody's been, ever been a bigger fan of Colin Kaepernick than me. No. He would lie about it, right? And, and we'd have to discuss that. I mean, it's crazy, but I, I think it's true. So we, uh, I, I don't think so. They're all afraid of him. Let me play the part of Brad Cranston as I painfully weave two stories together. 
Uh, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, was one who came out very, uh, probably the earliest owner to come out and show some support for the protest a few years ago. And he locked arms with some of his players while not kneeling per se, um, before the painful demonstration by Jerry Jones of locking arms with his players. He's the only minority owner in the league, right? He's the only white guy. That's correct. The city of Jacksonville has a 99% chance of hosting the Republican National Convention's keynote events after local and state officials made a case in behind-the-scenes negotiations that the city had enough hotel rooms to accommodate such a large event. Well, I think Jacksonville has hosted a Super Bowl, so they would be able to accommodate. Let me just... Let me just throw this out there because I believe this would be the most beautiful solution. The RNC decides to pick Jacksonville, and they're going to have like a massive event at that stadium, whatever it's called, SoFi, Allegiant, whatever the fuck that stadium is called in Jacksonville. Um, and then Shad Khan decides, eh, I think I'm going to sign this Colin Kaepernick guy as a backup. Would Donald Trump then consider that to be an aggressive act and threaten to pull the convention? Great. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be that's, a tremendous? That's, that's so stupid it might happen. <laughs> Shad Khan decides to put a number seven jersey on Colin Kaepernick with that beautiful teal and those ugly-ass black uh, helmets, sit that guy on the bench, or maybe try to start him. Yeah, I was thinking, thinking that, uh, you know, the, the uh, Carolina Panthers and the Jacksonville Jaguars were born the same. They're, they're twins. They came into the league at the same right. time in 1993. So uh, I, I don't know what that means cosmically or from right. a karma standpoint, but it means, well, actually, it means nothing. But this is something that I noticed. It's just, it's just, it'd be funny if, if Shad Khan did that. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in the midst of tanking right now. So Donald Trump could uh, use this as part of their plans to tank or whatever. But what do you think of Jacksonville as a potential host for the Republican National Convention? Guess what? Who fucking cares? <laughs> I mean, who fucking cares? It's, 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 a, it's a TV rally for Trump. That's all it is. That's all he wants. He just wants to to make a speech in front of as many people as he can. It will be quite interesting if uh, by that time and if things progress the way they are as we continue to pretend that the number of coronavirus cases isn't, if not skyrocketing, certainly turning up in about 21 states. We're going to just pretend we're just moving along. We're yeah. just opening the Nothing economy. Nothing happening here. Nothing happening. And we'll get to that in a second here. But w- w- let's say that we're in the middle of a second wave uh, in November and the uh, NFL goes on with their season, but they're playing in front of no fans, including in Jacksonville, Florida. So you'll have a stadium that's empty on uh, Sunday, 10 days before the convention or whatever, and then 10 days later, that same stadium, which could not hold any fans, was not allowed to by by basic human decency, right, um, is filled up to see Donald Trump already uh, uh, got wrestling going, but they've got wrestling going. Going without fans, right? They don't have any fans. Well, the, so uh, no, no. the irony yeah. of that is that Shad Khan's son Tony does own a wrestling promotion. Uh, they're called All Elite Wrestling. They're on TNT every Wednesday night. So that's a lovely tie-in with all of that shit together. Is, uh, is, is that irony or or trivia that is so far beyond uh, anyone's ability to care? That right. we can't well, it's kind of like tying in the Panthers and the Jaguars coming into the league at the same time. And thinking well, I said when I I said that it, it means absolutely nothing, but I just thought of it, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not backing that up. 
I, I, I'm to, defending me. <laughs> listen to how dangerous this is and how stupid this is. A person familiar with the process says, unless there's a huge blow-up, Jacksonville will host part of the convention, including Trump's speech, to accept his nomination as the party's presidential candidate. Now, he's going to want to use the football stadium. He's going to want to use that, and this this could be pretty interesting. The consultant who is familiar with some of these pro- the process says it hits two television markets, Florida and Georgia. This is this is how they're justifying Jacksonville. What? It hits two television markets, wait, wait Florida and Georgia. This is a quote from a Politico article. Is that a local event that isn't seen in the other 48 states? As you know, Georgia is an absolute swing state for Donald Trump. That, that doesn't make any sense. That's what it, this is the quote. This That's is the quote dumb. from somebody who apparently has – it hits two television markets, Florida and Georgia. Trump has been to the arena and likes it. When we say arena, are we talking about stadium or arena? I don't want to get well, – so there is an there's issue. Never, there's, never, all right, there's never been an acceptance speech outside. Uh, Excuse right. me. Excuse never... me. Excuse me. Barack Obama, Denver, Colorado. Was was that his acceptance speech? Uh-huh. Or was that his... Uh-huh. Was With the pillars and everything, Brad, back in 2008. Well, that was Which different. was he... widely mocked. Britt, he was our first black president. <laughs> so it was different. And you know that. There was a concern about hotel rooms, but that has really been put to bed. I don't understand why that's even a concern. They hosted a Super Bowl. They had a Super Bowl. If you have enough hotel rooms for a Super Bowl, you have enough for an RNC or a DNC. Yeah. The city has what they need. The consultant said lobbying by Governor Ron DeSantis and Jacksonville Mayor Lenny Curry, who is a former chair of the Republican Party of Florida, was very, very important. They can have it. Fuck, fuck the convention. I, I, I just, <laughs> no, really. I don't think it's quite the – I don't think it's quite the – It just, it quite just the, doesn't matter. Donald Trump is – on his way right now, if the election were held today, all that kind of stuff, all the polls, everything he's doing is wrong. And I know he's a genius. He'll turn it around. The press loves when the the, the race closes up and they can call him to come back in. I know all that shit. But right now, he's a fuck up. And people hate him. And his mm-hmm. ratings are falling. And people like Black Lives Matter better than they like Donald Trump and Make America Great Again. Even among Republicans, okay? Republicans like Black Lives Matter. Republican. So uh, where the convention is held, it just doesn't matter. It it just, it it is just, this is just ego bullshit by Trump that does not matter. It just doesn't. I think for his ego, it has to be considered quite a blow. Because what what is Jackson, Jacksonville, while being the largest land city in Florida, it's like the fifth, fifth, sixth, seventh largest city in Florida. I mean, you would think that he would. He's in always population? a big in terms in of population, population. He's like he's like you know he's always a big time guy. Chicago, L.A., you know, but he he couldn't go to Dallas, couldn't go to Houston. Had to go all the way down the list. Oh, Jacksonville. That has to well, be at least. Long, no, remember, we got to go back. Nobody wanted this. Exactly. Nobody cities wanted this originally. Charlotte took it. And again, one day we'll know the real reason why they they they, they decided to, to to make idiots of themselves by hosting Trump in a democratic city with a democratic governor. One day we'll, we'll get the real story on on how greedy they were that they thought that they could overcome the the stupidity of that. But we'll we'll put that aside um, for a second. Based on the Donald Trump electoral college, land matters and people don't theory jacksonville is perfect for him yeah, it, yeah. In, in area it's the biggest city 
in the United States, not Correct. just Florida, in land area, but in terms of population, you know, it's it's probably 40th or something, whatever it is. So it, that's actually an electoral college kind of city for for, for Donald Trump. How uh, often do you think you're going to hear the phrase if they actually select it? Uh, and Donald Trump, people don't know this, but it's America's largest city. Uh, A lot of people yeah, don't, nobody nobody pointed this. Discovers that, yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll say that. A former judge selected to advise on a path forward in the criminal case against Michael Flynn is accusing the Justice Department of exercising a gross abuse of power to protect an ally of the president, distorting known facts and principles of prosecution in order to shield Flynn from a jail sentence. The former federal judge, John Gleason, skewered Attorney General Bill Barr's handling of the case, describing it as an irregular effort that courts would scoff at were the subject anyone other than an ally of Donald John Trump. Good. Okay, so let's see. So uh, Barr is a crook, and Barr is a toady in service to Donald Trump, and they lied and cheated, and they're going to try to get Michael Flynn off, and the justice system, not the Justice Department, the justice system is trying to call a halt to this, but we are in the middle of a takeover by a cult and by a foreign entity, Trumpism. And right now, they don't care what courts say. It, it does not matter. And until they get voted out, until Trump is led from the White House, uh, either by his wife or by the uh, U.S. Marshal Service when he refuses to leave, then this is just more of the same. I don't want to put this in the category of... Uh, um, I'm shocked but not surprised, but I'm not shocked and I'm not surprised that uh, a, a, a decent law enforcement person, this guy's what, a retired judge who, who uh, put this decision out, that he said, this is bullshit. Flynn lied. Flynn admitted that he lied. Flynn did lie. So quit trying to tell us that uh, he's a victim. Stop it. And, and, and so there we are. There we are. Man, you, uh, you, got, you got me cooking it. You know what I want to talk about? I want to talk, I want, I want to talk about... The the the, uh, the 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 cancel culture. I am tired of the. How are we how are we going to get by without cops? How are we going to live? The show's been on for what thirty five years. Yeah. Okay, it is single handedly responsible for more of uh, what are popularly known as wife beater T shirts. Correct. Yeah. Than, than any other program in 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 television history, movie history. You know the the sleeveless shirt. Yeah, tank tops, name, basically. Tank tops with the name of your favorite radio station on it, and the guy gets arrested. He's <laughs> he's just he, he's just uh, uh, um, you know beaten the dog and uh, stolen a car, and they, they catch him, and that's cops. By the way, now let me be uh, even less than half serious. If there's anything good, anything good about the events of the last few weeks, besides the fact that. We may get some movement in police reform and the the, the, the cleaning up of uh, some of the rules that protect police. It's getting rid of the show cops. How could you? <laughs> 35 years. We get it. They could never make another cops forever. That's on as lo longer than The Simpsons, right? Mm-hmm. It's I think water. there's, I believe on that, that, uh, Pluto TV channel that CBS Viacom has, they've got a dedicated channel that shows nothing but cops reruns all the time. Cause they've got, you well, know, like you said, they've got 30 go. years plus. There you go. Uh, now, so I guess the, will they, will they take that down now? That if you're, uh, they, if you're gonna, if you're gonna take out new production, 
you, you know, you're making a statement. You can't leave them up in the rerun form, can you? Well, look, if we're if we're into the idea that the police brand as a whole is no good anymore, then you have to stop playing the band police on radio stations. <laughs> you have to. I would say that you know, cop shows have been a staple on American television for as long as I've been alive. Are well, we going to? The, the problem with with cops always was that it, it glorified, at least yeah. from the the brief amount of time that I ever watched, it glorified right up to the line. Of cops just saying, fuck it, let's get this guy. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's all it. it was. And, and what's the problem in America right now that we're, we're <laughs> kind of talking about? I hear it's been in the news. It's police saying, fuck it, let's get this guy. Right. And, uh, now that it's on real video, now that it isn't, uh, part of, uh, some quote unquote reality show, um, where they could edit it and, and make the cops not look quite as bad as they otherwise might. Uh, you don't have anywhere to go with it. I don't think you think so. so well, the the deal with that. that the the deal with that show, as I recall, it was part of the rise of the Fox Television Network, and it was yeah, extremely it was very cheap programming. They would just go to usually whatever this it was. Their original shows. This was. This I think it was when they originally show. they started doing it, and then it went off the network. And of course, it was in syndication and all that stuff for a number of years. You could go to a, a certain city and essentially for free, kind of just set up. They would the producers would kick a few thousand dollars or whatever to some benevolent fund or to the city or whatever, and you they would get really cheap footage. Now, here's what you need is you need one of the producers, one of the editors of that show with you because of you should have seen the shit we edited out. As it turns out, I've got a B roll of stuff over the years that would make your you know your yeah. your blood curdle. So that but yes, it was extremely cheap programming for the Fox television network and T V in general, and you could again run the shit out of it. And also the live P D thing, which I think goes to your point much better. The live P D thing, which has become a phenomenon over the past couple of years, yeah. that to me was the glorification and the sports centerization of uh of police work and i don't think it's a sport i don't think it's it's something that you look at as being fun and entertaining well how's that show going to survive if cops go i think they've also pulled a and e said they pulled episodes okay. of live pd right. and discovery's body cam off the network broadcast schedule so they're it's not a good brand right now and to an extent i mean i'm i understand it how how network executive of you to say it's not a good brand right now it's that's not, not it's, you are who are you les moonves jr holy shit you are you, les moonves jr from a corporate point of view it, it, it's if you ignore this if you ignore black lives matter when it is being shouted at you right now when it is the it is if you are tone deaf you end up like the crossfit asshole who had to resign as ceo of crossfit and at first it was just him calling it Floyd 19, but then he went into, there was a Zoom conference call and they've got him saying, I'm not sure. Do you know why I should mourn, uh, George Floyd? You're done. You're done so. Touch there. Nice touch. Forget nice. it. Let's I mean, he was a let's dick. Let's talk about gone with, with the wind. Here. Let's go gone with the wind for a minute here. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think I'd have to check this. I think is still available on Amazon Prime. I was, it needs to check this. Okay. Um, but the, uh, the, the new channel of which I think you're a big fan of, which is, uh, HBO Max has, uh, has, has pulled the movie off, uh, and they say it's temporary and they're going to leave it off for a while and then bring it back when they think it's appropriate. And when they bring it back, it will have a, a, a panel discussion or the equivalent of, uh, uh, Chris, what's his name? Come on after Breaking Bad to to talk about oh, the episodes or what exactly. the, what's his name? Chris Hardwick. Yeah, Hardwick. 
Chris Hard, right, 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 right. Or, or, Chris Hard on. Or, or the equivalent of what uh, Ben Mankiewicz does on, on yes. Turner Classic Movies or, or, or something of that sort. Um, and, and, and that kind of makes sense. And, uh, but I was looking up. Here's what I did. About an hour ago, I typed this into Mr. Google. Ready? Is Gone with the Wind racist? (laughs) So after, hang on, after I got past the first eight or ten entries, which referenced what's going on now with uh, uh, HBO Max pulling the movie off uh, temporarily, uh, I came to a piece, and I always like to to, uh, look at stuff and read stuff that was written not in the heat of the moment, that was written in another time about the same subject, but doesn't hold the baggage that the topic has right now. And uh, up comes a a piece from an Afro-American studies professor from the University of uh, Massachusetts named John Bracey. He wrote this in 1998. Okay, so that's, what, 22 years ago. And uh, this was on the 59th anniversary uh, re-release of Gone with the Wind. I guess it was one of those times where they stuck it in theaters all over the country. They've done that everywhere, right? It come, they, they do it all the time. And um, it gives this great little history of Gone with the Wind. Which, by the way, Britt, that was in the category of movies I never saw. I didn't see Gone with the Wind till about five years ago. I, I never saw it. This is until interesting. About five when, when, years you, ago. when you saw it, were you appalled? <laughs> well, it, it's a little different when you're you're uh, uh, fifty nine yeah. years old, sure. and you're seeing it. Uh, no, you're not going to be appalled. You know what you're you're about to see, and you've read about it, and you've heard about it. So uh, no, even no, so, no, I, I found I was, the, I was able I was able to to, to get through it without I, dying. Okay, I but, was I understand that, but even the happiness of the slaves by any right, other, right. you can't really appreciate it, and the breathtaking amount of right. ignorance that goes into portraying those slaves as being right. just the happiest people ever. Right. If you'll permit me here, I don't like to read very often, but but this one kind of kind of needs it here because remember, this 22 years has nothing to do with what's going on right now, and what was written then is just as true today. Here's what Professor Bracy wrote. He wrote that when the movie was originally released in 1939, there were fights and protests by blacks in front of a lot of theaters. It's still an offensive story today, meaning then, 1998, meaning now, too, of course, with shameful examples of racism, but I can't imagine anything like that happening now. I don't think anybody really cares about this film anymore. So this Afro-American studies professor, by 1998, said, ah, oh, fuck it, let it go. It's just, it's just ridiculous. Let's, all right. He says, when Gone with the Wind premiered in Atlanta, they tried to get local black church members to perform in front of the theater. Here we go. <clears throat> the Are idea was for them to dress up as slaves and sing spirituals. Sure, All the churches that? turned them down except oh. one. All right, hold on to your seat here. No. The only church that said okay was Ebenezer Baptist. Sound familiar? Yeah, That's right. Martin Luther King Sr. 
The father of Martin Luther King Jr. was the preacher there, of course. It's one of those facts that civil rights historians like to gloss over. But at the premiere of Gone with the Wind, the 10-year-old child, Martin Luther King Jr., was posed on a cotton bale dressed as a caricature of an old-time, quote, darkie. He was a symbol of the Old South there to entertain the ruling white elite. Can you believe it? That's a, that's, a, that's a crazy story. It's, it's just unbelievable. So the movie really, at the level that we're talking about it now, has been a disgrace from the day it was released and should be put in the same category as uh, uh, D.W. Griffith's uh, uh, Birth of a Nation. Birth of a Nation. It's which the is same a ra- Which is an absolute racist piece of right. shit, if you ever right. see it. And Song of the South, which Disney does not have on any of its platforms and has not released as a as a video. But when my kids were small, you could not get your hands on uh, right. Song of the South if you wanted to. So we're now, we're now well, more than 30 years uh, of that one being taken out of circulation um but then there's that counter argument is that uh you know we can handle it it's yeah. art uh you know do, do all the mel gibson movies have to disappear do all the kevin spacey movies have to disappear all that kind of, you know that's does a, your, yeah does uh elmer fudd have to lose his gun well now see now that's different okay that <laughs> then, uh, no when you when you start having these discussions about like gone with the wind and by the way it's it's available for rental on amazon prime for 3.99 if you'd like okay, to go ahead. You can, so, right you, you can buy it for 9.99 if you'd like to go ahead and just purchase that it's always the bemoaning and the hand wringing how well we remember history if it is erased from us how, if we do not have a huge statue of Stonewall Jackson in the town square, will we remember this history? That That is the stupid, idiotic, simplistic, ridiculous counter-argument that is frequently made. Well, Donald Trump loves Gone with the Wind. Do you recall him making reference to it? Uh, it might have even been just a few months ago that we know we need great movies like Gone with the Wind or 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 something. Let, let me see. I think I've, I think I've got the reference here. Hold on. Trump is not a parasite fan. Praises Gone with the Wind says the February twenty first, twenty twenty. Okay. A story from the Associated Press. Donald Trump is apparently not a fan of if you would stop popping up on my fucking computer. A Oscar winner parasite. His biggest complaint being that the movie was made in South Korea. Trump started talking about the Academy Awards during a campaign rally in Colorado Springs, Colorado on Thursday night. Parasite was named Best Picture, first non-English language film to get the top honor. What the hell was that about, Trump said. We got enough problems with South Korea with trade. On top of that, they give them the best movie of the year. Was it good? I don't know. <laughs> Meanwhile, right, Trump right. That's the one that he he didn't see. Yeah, and he trashed it because it was South Korean. Right. right. Our, 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 and, and then, our and then enemy. He, threw, he threw out meanwhile, this dumbass line. Yeah. Meanwhile, Trump praised decades-old Hollywood movies, one of which was set during the time of slavery in the U.S. The audience booed when Trump mentioned the Academy Awards and then cheered when he said, Can we get, like, Gone with the Wind back, please? Sunset Boulevard? So many great movies. Hold it, hold it. But, uh, again, when you read Trump's words, they, they take on <laughs> the utterings of a madman because... What do you mean get 
gone with the wind back, please. It didn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, do you want do you want more movies that are like that? Do you no, want, we want to remake movies it. being made I want, that would, would I want, be uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I want Jennifer Lawrence in the Olivia de Havilland role. I want that to be. Uh, I want the uh, Gone with the Wind to come back, and I want um, you know Tajiri P Henson as the Hattie you McDaniel want to be character. Made. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm looking here. This is so illustrative. I'm just that he picked these particular movies, and I'm going to tell you why. Because Gone with the Wind, of course, is a movie about a, a time that really never existed. Can, can, can a lot of people. Hang on, no, hang on a sec. I think I, this this is a very illustrative point. Gone with the Wind is a film about a, a past that never existed. But that the, so many people want to believe existed. Sunset Boulevard, as you well know, is about an aging person who is trying to relive a history that has long since passed her by. <laughs> so this is so important that he picks these two particular movies because they are so bastardizing of history and stories in general and they speak that he would put these two movies as something forward that his fans can believe in because of the bullshit that they buy into with him a past that never existed and somehow this great uh fiction of oh there were times that were great that they're no longer going to be great which is what he tries to sell to america it's just so weird that he picks those two movies out of thin air as examples of what hollywood should be making no, I'll see you and raise you one. I think I would go so far as to say that his his affection for Gone with the Wind is largely because a movie like that informed his view yeah. of race relations. Right. And it informed his view of what the South was. And when you see what he's done in his life in terms of housing discrimination as the son of fred trump that uh, built all all those uh, apartment buildings all across the uh, the new york metro area when you see the ad that he took out against the central park five and said they should be executed after they'd already been exonerated and to this very day to this very day he still says they are guilty um when you when you when, when you see all the 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 video of him through the campaign and the way he is uh, uh, related to black people now all the way up to yesterday where we have the first ever what is it air force secretary who's a black guy right he thinks that he he's the kind of trump's the kind of guy that thinks that a gesture like that changes everything well i have news for you we already had a black president sir it doesn't change a damn thing in fact you wouldn't even deny the the dignity you wouldn't even uh, allow for the dignity of the first black president. So don't tell us about how uh, uh, having a, a black head of one of the the uh, military outfits uh, changes anything. And you know, I, I think he got what? You think he got about eighty seconds worth of uh, oxygen out of that story yesterday? <laughs> Something like or you that. think I'm overestimating? Eighty right. seconds is about right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but don't you think that Gone with the Wind? He saw it as a maybe as a twelve-year-old kid, whatever he was, and it just stuck with him. It kind of did. Well, he's, but that also kind of counteracts with his his great praise that he's always heaped on Abraham Lincoln. And there is a narrative out there that yes, the blacks and the whites got along beautifully during these the antebellum South era, and this this man Abraham Lincoln had to fuck up that relationship. 
there is that sort of narrative that exists among people. And honestly, the, the film does nothing but help perpetuate all of that nonsense. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that there, I think that there are a segment, it's a small, again, a tiny, infinitesimal number of people who kind of feel like, eh, the blacks and the whites got along. The blacks accepted the fact that they were never going to be free and were going to be beaten and raped every now and again. And they had no hope for a better life. But everybody was happy. Nobody was rioting in storefronts and breaking windows. Oh, <laughs> everybody, really? Yeah. Everybody right. was happy. There was no I mean, violence I, in the 1860s. I, I forgot. That didn't happen. So I mean, but there's, there's – there, don't you believe that that narrative among – some idiot, and these would be the same. This would be the same crowd that would go. We have to have the statue of General Lee, or else history will be erased. Like the millions and billions of words and books that have been written about the about racism and the Civil War, they're just not going to exist. They're going to disappear off servers around the world. And there, what happened between 1861 and 1865? Meh, pretty much nothing. A couple crops came in, and some breezes blew. That's that's basically what happened. That that's what these people would have you believe. If you read name streets and roads that were named after slave owners and you take down statues of stonewall jackson and robert e lee nah, history will be erased those are the only things that are keeping people from, that's what keeps people from learning history people in in towns across america uh, particularly around the south you walk in they would be in durham north carolina they walk down and see hey there's a statue of some uh confederate soldier that makes me want to read about the civil war I didn't want to before I wandered across this thing, but now I do. That's really the kind of bullshit narrative that they're trying to put out there. Uh, I have uh, not breaking news, but uh, we can we can do a little bit of a pivot here. The White House press secretary, Kaylee McEnany, said today, Wednesday, the Trump and uh, again, do you have a seatbelt on? I'll try to I'll try to fashion one. Trump was simply, quote, raising questions when he floated the conspiracy theory from the one American news network that was authored by a, a Sputnik Russian Vladimir Putinik that he uh, saw and then repeated. He was just raising questions when he floated the conspiracy theory that the 75-year-old guy in Buffalo who got pushed down uh, might have been an Antifa provocateur that that's where they are we are in the middle of it's not a slow motion coup it's a fast coup they've taken over the they they have they've distorted the facts and the truth about every issue to the point where people throw up their hands and they'll say to this well yeah that's what they say about everything so move on okay he got away with it blah 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 it, it's unbelievable it's it's oh. just beyond belief uh, President Donald Trump railing against Fox News today, comparing the network to CNN after it dipped out of the House hearing on police reform following the death of George Floyd. After Fox News dropped its live stream of the hearing just before testimony from Angela Underwood Jacobs, whose brother, Federal Protective Service Officer David Underwood, was killed during riots in Oakland on May the 30th, President Trump attacked the network on Twitter saying, quote, incredible. Fox News just took congressional hearings off the air prior to important witness statements. More like CNN. Fox is lost. So in the Donald Trump world, stop being a media critic, you dork. 
So, in, in, in Donald Trump world, he was about to get fair and balanced because we were going to hear from somebody who was in law enforcement who was killed during a riot. And how can you guys pull away from that? This was going to be the important balance that this story needs. And you guys F that up. That's literally what he's saying. That's literally, that, that, that's literally what's going on here. Do you, do you think he's been able to get some more traction with this defund the police thing and opposing that over the past 24 hours? Um, well, it, it, it's going to be there. Uh, it needs to be continually addressed. It's going to be like a plant. You got to keep uh, watering it with the truth, or they're just going to keep lying about it and uh, make it appear as if uh, Trump is for law and order and police, and uh, everyone else is uh, kind of against that. Okay, because in fact, there's a uh, uh, there's a three word chant that describes this. Um, maybe it's four words. Uh, I love the police. Uh, the title of the uh, Trump's MAGA base finds its own rallying cry. Defend the police. So it, the, the the answer is it's still there. It's not going to go away. Trump thinks he's got something equivalent to what Nixon had in 1968, which was law and order, except the difference. There's a great uh, opening piece today by Peter Baker of the New York Times that describes what was going on in 1968 in ways that I'm sorry we have to keep going back to that year because it's it's so it's so referential to what we have going on remember first of all of course Nixon was not an incumbent running for re-election he didn't have that uh, hanging on him and plus he was a vice president during Eisenhower's term and remember uh, Eisenhower was a pretty damn good civil rights president, and he was a Republican. So Nixon uh, did not have any kind of reputation as a, as a blazing racist at all, not even close, not even close to what Trump is now. And Nixon had the advantage of having a real racist as the third-party guy, George Wallace, the, the governor of Alabama, right? And so when you look back at all the commercials and you look at the language that that uh, uh, Nixon was using, largely fed to him by his good friend, Pat Buchanan, who a very smart guy, great writer. Nixon did not use the same kind of blatant racist uh, imagery that Trump has been using, the racist things that he says. Um, and uh, Nixon tried to thread that needle in between George Wallace and Hubert Humphrey, and Humphrey had to go law and order a little bit also, because remember, there were riots in 1967 in Newark and Los Angeles, <coughs> and uh, 1968, then you had the the, uh, the riots after Martin Luther King was uh, killed. So it's completely different right now than it was for Nixon running in the wake of uh, Lyndon Johnson stepping aside and having his vice president run as his main opponent with George Wallace out there. And Nixon didn't have to appeal to racists in the South. He knew he was never going to win those Southern states because George Wallace was going to win those. And he did win a couple of them. So Nixon could fashion his, uh, his message uh, a, a lot more subtly. And uh, I posted the commercial from 1968, his most famous one, on my Facebook page. And, and, and you can look at it. And it mostly addresses, in terms of its uh, visuals, campus protests. 
campus destruction. It doesn't show black people burning shit. It doesn't show black people looting. In fact, there aren't any black people in the entire commercial. But, <laughs> but the message still gets delivered. But you can deliver it and, and look like you're not being a 100% racist. Nixon got by with just being about 60%. And he didn't go hardcore uh, until a couple years later. He really didn't. Um, so I, I, I think that the, the, the Trump's booking a, uh, a, a, a bad flight here that that's not going to go anywhere and it's not going to work because, and we've all watched this in campaign after campaign. How long did it take John Kerry to ever respond to the swift boating? It took him forever, right? A long time. Yeah. He it, tried to it, ignore it. It. Took, it took him a long time. And, and Hillary Clinton went back and forth. Sometimes she answered back to Trump, but a lot of the time she played the, I'm going to ignore this. I'm ahead in the polls game. Well, Joe Biden and their campaign, they got, they've gotten on this very, very quickly, and they have him, in his own words, not through some spokesman, saying, I'm not for disbanding the police. I'm not for defunding the police. And, yes, I understand that that doesn't matter in terms of Trump will lie about it and Trump will, will distort it. I mean, I get that. And Fox News will, will pump it up, you know, times a thousand even though Trump hates Fox News. But don't worry, <laughs> they'll still carry his water for him. Sure. But uh, I, if experience has taught us anything and taught Democrats who run for president anything, it's you got to get on it early and you got to hit back uh, equal, uh, even if you don't have the same size megaphone. But that, that, that may not matter. Mm-hmm. That, that may not matter. I, I don't think Trump's going to win re-election as the law and order candidate scaring Americans, not with the uh, number of coronavirus cases climbing again, and not with the uh, economy possibly ready to go back over the cliff if states have to start closing again. Hard. I mean, uh, how many times have you been watching uh, 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 all the folks who you see, all your favorites, say, well, guess what? There is no way that this economy is ever going to close down again. Trump will not allow it. Right? Right. That's what. Well, guess what? It's not up to him. It's not up to him. What happened to even a month ago? The only way to really fix this economy and get it back on track is to deal with the virus, bend the curve down, do what smart countries around the world have done. There are way too many examples of other countries. What? Remember, Italy was going to be uh, non-existent, right? That was going to be the end of Italy. Well, guess what happened? They (laughs) kicked ass, and now Italy has very few cases. It worked. Mm -hmm. It worked. Think about that. The Italians are way less lazy than the Americans. It's really, (laughs) really true. And so if you want to go stereotypes there, but they did. They did what they had to do, and we're not doing it at all. Uh, right now in America, coronavirus, what coronavirus? Fuck the coronavirus. I, I, I got to get to the bar. Exactly. I, I, I got to get to the race this weekend at Ace Speedway. Speedway. Yeah. Ace, <laughs> I got to see Redneck's I, I read, turn I read today there's like 25 of those little tracks all yeah. over North Carolina, and, and apparently 24 of them have worked with the governor's office to fashion some rules that allow them to to have uh, a, a fewer number of people in there, and they follow the rules, and they're allowed to race. But we have one track in Burlington. In, is that mm-hmm. is it in Burlington? That's close enough. 
that, that says, fuck it, open the gates, everybody in. That's right, and it's become a culture war. Right. It's become right. a huge, huge, and they think right. that this is going to be a wedge but issue the, that's going to get Roy, they think this is going to get Roy Cooper voted out of office in North Carolina. And he, and he's shutting them down this weekend. There will be yeah. no racing there. And guess what? He's going to win this. Mm-hmm. He has won it. The public yep. opinion is on his side. He's and, on the right side of history. Um, th- yeah, that, that is the, uh, that is the, the catchphrase. It's, it's who's going to be on the right side of history? Who's going to be on the wrong side of history? Are you on the Bull Connor side okay. of history, or are you on the the John Lewis side of history? You got to pick a side, right? Uh, if everything's black and white, then pick a side and and go for it. You want to you want to bring out the dogs, and you know I can't believe nobody suggested uh, that we start using water hoses again. Boy, those were the good old days, weren't they? <laughs> they were right? good old days. And we have lots of water right now. We're not in the middle of a drought. Go ahead. Turn those on. Why did they have to go to tear gas and pepper How can balls? water be bad, Brad? It's yeah, just hydrogen and oxygen. Exactly. Right, right. Has anyone ever been... Uh, fatally injured by getting sprayed with a hose? I don't think so. What's next? What's next? Liberals defund the water department. <laughs> <laughs> Bradandbrit.com.